Now when God did that, for God to have stopped there also would have made God unjust. Because for God to have expressed his desire that all men be saved and then sent his son onto the cross to die for the sin of the world and then not told anybody about that, well, that would have made God unjust. But God does not do that. God then uh, proclaims to all the world that he has provided for the salvation of all the world. And so again, we will look at um, testimony of um, three different people on this particular issue, three witnesses, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle John. Uh, just to highlight the truth to us, that it is God's um, express will, and he has um, made provision for the, the, the gospel of salvation to be proclaimed throughout the earth, not to a select few. It gets proclaimed everywhere. And so the first witness we'll look at um, is in Mark's Gospel, Mark uh, chapter 16, verse 15 and 16. And he said to them, this is our Lord Jesus speaking, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and, he, and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And so very clearly, our Lord is, uh, is, it makes it as plain as possible that the church is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There's no differentiation that God uses. God shows no respect of persons in this mandate. Uh, and the church is in fact in violation of the commandment of God if we do not obey in this area. Now, in the early, early church, they in fact did disobey initially because when um, they heard Jesus speaking to them and saying to them, preach, uh, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, well, initially they thought when Jesus said that, he meant go into all the world and preach the gospel to all the Jews. Um, and that's exactly what they did for the first four to five years of the early church that only preached the gospel to the Jews because in their thinking when Jesus said all he meant all Jews he did not mean all is all and so it took a, the Lord a bit of time to get the church straightened out on the issue and eventually he got them sorted out and they eventually then started proclaiming you recall the, the vision that was given to Peter and he started proclaiming the gospel to the Gentiles. The Jews were amazed that God had decided that the, the Gentiles could also be saved. Paul had already by that time been proclaiming the gospel to the Gentiles anyway. But the point is, is that initially the church thought that all meant a select few. And that was not God's intention at all. When he said all, he meant all. And so he corrected them. And so the, the gospel is obviously now proclaimed throughout the earth, both to Jews and Gentiles alike. And so that kind of just, again, um, discounts the, those who would say to us, when God says all, he actually means a select few. No, he doesn't. He means all. Because as I say, the, Jew, the, the, the early church thought that, way as well. They thought, well, all, all means a select few, all Jews. But God said, no, 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 all actually means all guys. And so that's exactly what he means. And so our Lord Jesus Christ is very plain to us on the issue that we're to preach the gospel to, in all the world to every creature. And so, you know, it's not a, a complicated issue that we need to debate about. 
um, Jesus was very plain on it. Have a look at this passage of scripture. Again, the Apostle Paul uh, reaffirming the fact that the gospel is proclaimed to all the world. Acts chapter 17, verse 29 to 31. The scripture says, Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stones, uh, stone, sorry, something shaped by art and man's devising. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained and has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. And so this in this passage of scripture, the Apostle Paul is, is preaching to the Gentiles in the, the city of Athens, and he makes it very plain that God has now commanded, in fact, at this point in time, in this dispensation we live in now, God commands that all men everywhere should repent. Now, the gospel that we preach is a gospel of repentance. And so it's through the mechanism of the preaching of the gospel that mankind is brought to repentance. But the point that we want to raise from this passage is that the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, says God commands all men, not some men, everywhere, not in certain places, to repent. And so, again, it is so very plain to us that God um, um, mandates the church of our Lord Jesus Christ to go to all men everywhere and preach the gospel to all men everywhere so that all men everywhere can repent. So again, you know, the, the scripture is very, very plain to us on this point. Apostle Paul speaking about the same thing again in Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 13. When I say the same thing, the point that we're dealing with is the fact that God um, ordains that the gospel of salvation is to be proclaimed throughout the earth to all men. Scripture says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so again, here we see the Apostle Paul telling us that the salvation of God has appeared to all men. Now, how does that happen? It, it happens through the preaching of the gospel of salvation. And so, again, all men means all men. God is not uh, selective in the issue. He wants us and he commands us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Then the, uh, the final witness we want to look at is Revelation 14, verse uh, 6 to 7. Scripture says, then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea, and the springs of water. And so the fourth witness, or third witness actually, that we're looking at here is the Apostle John. He is given a vision, a vision in the book of Revelation, and he sees the angel who has been given the, the eternal gospel that needs to be preached uh, in all the earth. But the, the, the scripture tells us very plainly 
that this gospel is to be preached to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. So none of them are left, are left out. God has decreed that the gospel is to be proclaimed through all, throughout all the earth to all men. Um, and so again, God would be unjust uh, for him to tell his church to go into all the earth, proclaim the gospel to all men, and knowing that he has not provided for all men to be saved. God's not unjust. God has provided for all men to be saved, and God declares and decrees to the church, we are to go out and declare to all men that there is a, a, a gospel of salvation that is provided for them, and they can respond to it and accept it and thus be saved. Um, but it, one thing that we need to understand with regards to all of these points we've dis discussed thus far, and that is that in all of it, God is the initiator. For God is the one who desires that all men should be saved. God is the one who has provided for all men to be saved. And God is the one who has um, commanded the church to proclaim to all men that they, the, the gospel of salvation is, is available to them. But it's when the church becomes involved that things don't work out in complete uh, perfection. But everything that God does is perfect. But when mankind becomes involved, well, now the will of man is involved. And so the, the, the perfect will of God is not always accomplished. And so whereas God um, has made perfect provision for all men to be saved, not always is the gospel of salvation proclaimed perfectly throughout the earth. Why? Because the church is not always fully obedient to doing the will of the Father. Think about the early church again. For the first four to five years, maybe a bit longer, uh, they never proclaimed the gospel to the Gentiles because they thought when God said all, he meant all Jews, not all. And so they were disobedient in that area. And so even today, uh, the church is not fully obedient in proclaiming the gospel throughout the earth as she should. But nevertheless, it is still God's intention that the, the gospel should be proclaimed throughout the earth. And so we get to the point, well then, you know, if God has... Uh, it's his desire that all men should be saved and that he has made provision for all men to be saved and that Jesus took upon himself the sin of the whole world and he proclaims his gospel of salvation to all men. Why is it that not all men are saved? Because clearly that is the case. There is only a, a certain um, number of men that respond to the gospel and are thus saved. Not all are saved. Well, the reason is very clear and very obvious, and that is because the free will of man now becomes involved. Uh, because God is the initiator all the way through to this point. God initiates the, the salvation of man. God uh, initiates the pro proclamation of salvation. But now it becomes the responsibility of mankind to respond to that gospel of salvation. And because mankind has a free will, mankind of their own free will are not all saved because they choose not to respond to the message of the gospel. And so we need to establish that particular truth as well. Um, and we're going to have a look at some uh, um, witnesses once again to uh, show us the truth of the fact that as an act of their free will, not all men in fact respond to the preaching of the gospel. And the first witness we'll have a look at um, is the Holy Spirit. Um, for it is he who has inspired 
the uh, Luke, the writer of the, the, the Gospel of Luke, um, around this particular passage of Scripture. But we're going to have a look at four witnesses. The Holy Spirit we'll look at. We'll have a look at the Apostles, um, Paul and Barnabas, and we'll have a look at our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, all th four of these witnesses will confirm the truth to us that mankind, as an act of their own free will, either choose to accept or reject the gospel of salvation that is proclaimed to them. And so God can take it so far, but no further. And this is where men get involved. Up to now, it has been primarily God who has been involved because God desires that all men should be saved. God has sent His Son to die for all men. God has then decreed that the gospel should be proclaimed to all men. We said now mankind, the church, has got involved and they kind of mess it up sometimes. But nevertheless, by and large, the gospel gets proclaimed to all men. But now, it's the ball is in the court of men. They have to now choose to respond. And so all are not saved because all men have their own free will given to them by God and they can choose to accept it or reject the message of salvation. So the first passage we'll look at is in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 7, verse 29 and 30. Scripture says, And when all the people heard him, even the tax collectors justified God, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the will of God for themselves not having been baptized by him. And so our Lord Jesus is talking around the baptism of John when he was on the earth. And it was God's perfect will that all of the Jews, at that time John was only sent to the Jews, um, be baptized by John. That was the perfect will of God for the Jewish nation. And many of them were submissive to the perfect will of God as an act of their free will. And they went to John and were baptized by him. However, there were also many, in this case, the scripture talks about a, a grouping of people called the Pharisees and the lawyers. And the scripture says they rejected the will of God for themselves, not having, having been baptized by him. So very clearly, the Pharisees and the lawyers of their own free will were presented with the baptism of John, and they said, no, we will not partake of it. Their neighbors, um, a lot of tax collectors, etc., they partook of the baptism of John. There were uh, soldiers that partook of the baptism of John. There were a whole grouping of people you can read the accounts in the gospel. And so both groupings, as an act of their free will, either accepted the baptism of John or rejected it. God did not force anyone to go to John to be baptized by him. Each one that went to John to be baptized by him went as an act of their free will. Each one that refused to go to John to be baptized by him as an act of their free will rejected the perfect will of God that had been communicated to them. And so that's the first uh, witness, and that is the witness of the Holy Spirit through Luke. The next witness is our Lord Jesus Christ. He teaches around the same subject in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 8 to 16. The scripture says, well, our Lord speaking, he says, Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat, eat such things as are said before you, and heal the sick there and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say, the very dust of your city which clings to us we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, 
that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you to be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. He who hears you, hears me. He who rejects you, rejects me. And he who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. And so our Lord, again, he, in this passage, he's, he's um, admonishing the 70 disciples that he sent out to go and preach the gospel. And he makes it very plain that those who received that which the 70 preached would receive from the Lord. Those who rejected would be, in fact, rejecting the Lord and, and obviously rejecting God the Father. So how did they do that? Of their own free wills. Certain towns were um, responsive to the preaching of the gospel through the disciples, and certain towns rejected it. Now, Jesus said to those towns who rejected the preaching of the gospel that it would be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the Day of Judgment than for those towns. But the point that we really wanted to highlight from this passage is that each one of those towns made their own choice. God did not force the gospel on anyone. God sent his disciples into the towns to proclaim the gospel. Those towns would then respond. Yes, we'll, we'll listen to what you have to say. Or no, we don't want to hear anything about you and we want you out of our city. And so the disciples would then wipe off the dust of their feet against that town and move on to the next. But quite clearly, it was as an act of their free will that those towns, the people in those towns, decided whether they will listen to that gospel proclaimed or reject it. That's exactly what transpired. The next account we'll have a look at is in Acts chapter 13, verse 44 and 48. This is the witness of the apostles Paul and Barnabas. The scripture says, On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, and contradicting and blaspheming, they opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us. I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth, now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And so very clearly in this passage of scripture, you had in the same town two groupings of individuals that either accepted or rejected the preaching of the apostles Paul and Barnabas. Uh, the Gentiles, not all of them, if you read it in context, were responsive to the gospel preached and they accepted it. The Jews, not all of them again, if you read it in context, rejected the gospel that Paul and Barnabas preached. Both groupings of individuals did so as an act of their free will. God did not force upon any of them to either accept or reject the preaching of the gospel. They did so of their own accord. Uh, the Holy Spirit is very clear through the Apostle Paul. He says, but since you reject it, uh, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. 
So it's not a case of God forced them to reject it. They rejected and they judged themselves unworthy of everlasting life. And so very clearly from these uh, three witnesses that we've looked at, uh, will fall, in fact, um, the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Apostles Paul and Barnabas. We can see from uh, these passages of Scripture that men are either saved or are lost as an act of their own free wills. They hear, all of them, equally hear the gospel preached. And it's as an act of their free will that some respond and are thus saved, some reject and are thus lost. And so that is why it is that even though it is the perfect will of God the Father that all men should be saved, that God the Father has made provision for all men to be saved in that Jesus has died for the sins of all men. And even though God the Father has proclaimed and made known the gospel of salvation to all men, not all men are saved. And the reason for that is, is because not all men accept the message of the gospel. But as an act of their own free will, some, in fact most, reject that message and are thus lost. Some, however, as an act of their free will, accept the message of salvation and are thus saved. And that's as far as we want to get in today's teaching. In the next teaching, we're now going to get into the actual aspect of predestination. Because up until now, we've not really seen the predestination of God taking place. But we will see it as we get into the next section. We're going to end the teaching on that particular point. Right now.